0: hey everyone welcome back to the pathways to happiness podcast my name is nina Levon, and today we have such an interesting topic which is the shadow self now if you are unfamiliar with this term it is simply the name that we give to the unknown dark side and often hurt side of the personalities that we all have This is the part of ourselves that we often don't acknowledge and the parts of ourselves that we don't want to admit to having and usually prefer to just kind of push away. And oftentimes, this means that we are largely unaware of this side of ourselves, even though it can greatly influence our thoughts and our behavior. This comes directly out of the theory by the amazing Carl Jung, who is one of my personal heroes, and not only is this fascinating, but it is so insightful because when we can understand and make peace with the sides of ourselves, we can experience great healing and a new level of self-awareness and validation. So I will be going over this topic inside and out and answering all the questions that I've gotten about it recently. I have kind of just put them all aside and grouped them together, so hopefully I can get to all of those. But I think this episode will be really eye-opening and great food for thought. Some of the questions are, of course, how can we define the shadow? How can I face my shadow self? How can I integrate my shadow And is it true that everyone has a dark side? Now, I'm a huge Carl Jung fan, so it's always such a joy sharing his ideas and his theories because I know that for me personally, they have helped me so much in understanding my own self and my own thoughts and behavior. So... Hopefully, you can walk away with some valuable things to kind of mull over for the next couple days. So I am super excited to jump into all of this, but as always, I just want to take a moment to thank you all so much for your incredible support, both here and on the Nina LaVon YouTube channel, and for your genuine interest in personal growth, psychology, and designing your best possible life please take a moment to subscribe if you haven't. And if there is anyone in your life that could benefit from content like this, it would be wonderful if you would also share it. And definitely keep the questions coming because it is an absolute pleasure to answer them. So with that being said, let's jump right into the shadow. I think it's really important that we start at the beginning because I know many of you out there may have never even heard this term before, or if you have, maybe you've just kind of had a vague understanding of maybe what it means, so let's go ahead and start there. And I'm going to also fly through some really quick history because I think it is important to really have a good comprehension of this concept, and then we will get right into all the good stuff. So the shadow was a concept that was introduced by Carl Jung, who was a Swiss psychiatrist and also the founder of analytical psychology, which many people say was kind of a response to Sigmund Freud's psychoanalysis. He was also the person that proposed and developed a concept that we use all the time, even apart from psychology which is the idea of having either an extroverted or introverted personality. And his work overall has been incredibly influential in the study of literature, religion, and, of course, psychiatry. The first thing I have to mention is that some concepts in psychology have been concretely proven through empirical evidence. So there is no question whether or not these things are real. We have undeniable proof that this is how these things operate. But when we are talking about philosophy or psychology, not Everything can be proven by the scientific method, and to technically prove something in the realm of science, the hypothesis must not only be testable, but it must also be able to be falsifiable, and this is simply not possible when we are talking about things that we cannot see or are not measurable in any way. So when we are talking about things that are spiritual in nature or philosophical, there's never really any way to say these things are absolutely true. So we have to be careful. I have to make sure that I give that caveat. A lot of times we can have conviction that something is real, but without being able to have tangible evidence, we can't scientifically say that something is valid or real. But that doesn't mean that we can't find support for something, and in many cases, it doesn't mean that something is not worth studying. Just in the way that we can't prove something like the shadow to be true, we are also unable to prove that it is not true. So, for example, almost all psychologists believe that we have a subconscious mind that controls much of what we think and what we do. But there's no way we can scientifically prove this, even though it makes perfect sense and seems to answer a lot of questions. And this is the same type of thing that we are dealing with when we're talking about something like the shadow or like the soul, for example. So my invitation to you today is to see if it rings true to you and if it helps explain your own thoughts or maybe even your your own behavior or your own suffering. For me, it's definitely a yes, but I look forward to hearing your own conclusions. And I think a healthy degree of skepticism is always wise. My father, who was an amazing man, was definitely a skeptic, not all the time, but much of the time. And as a child especially, I tended to believe anything that I was told or that I read or that I saw on TV. And I think that he really tried his best to train me to think things out, to get all the information, and to be careful about just believing things. But it was interesting because even still, he still believed a lot of things that many people would not think are real. As a kid, I was so scared of ghosts. It was my biggest fear, and I believed that I was living in a haunted house. And this was a topic that definitely consumed a lot of my thoughts. So I remember asking him if ghosts were real. And his answer was that Yes, I actually think they are, but I don't think that they that they hurt you. I think they just do playful stuff like moving your keys around. So I'm not sure what evidence someone that was oftentimes a skeptic in so many other areas would have had to witness to come to that conclusion, but that always stuck with me. Another time, I was visiting from college, and I remember I was looking at the window at my parents' house, and I had seen this really weird light. And he walked into the room, my father did, shortly after, and I told him what had happened. And without skipping a beat, he said, well, let's go check it out. And we walked around the backyard, and we investigated for maybe like 10, 15 minutes, and we didn't find anything was out there. So I took that night as a lesson to whenever we are curious about something to go ahead and check it out. And that's what we will be doing with the concept of the shadow. Now, I'm a person that is extremely intellectually curious, and I am also really open to experience. But there are definitely theories that I have come across, even by Carl Jung, that I'm just not 100% sold on but I do like to study them still because I feel like there is something behind them. One of his other theories, which you have probably heard of, is called the collective unconscious. Now, this is supposed to be all the knowledge and the imagery that every single person is born with and shares due to our ancestral experience. And a lot of people take it to mean that we can also sense how the world is feeling collectively around us and that it can influence how we are feeling. And this This is something that I've always found interesting and definitely haven't completely tossed out the window, but it wasn't something that really resonated with me deeply like the shadow has, at least not until this whole crazy year happened, I really started to feel like the weight of everyone's suffering was on my shoulders too. Not just the things that I had to deal with personally because of the situation, but I started to feel like I was sensing the pain of everyone. And with the whole election season here in America. I know we have a lot of international listeners, but I'm sure you have heard about this on the news. But I had just this feeling like there was this dark energy. I felt so much anger and stress and division and sadness in the world on both sides of the aisle. And it just made me wonder if maybe there was really something to this collective unconscious that there were just so many negative emotions happening collectively that we all just started to feel it. And I'm still not sure about it all, but it was the first time that I really saw the theory being potentially plausible. And that's why I love, you know, studying psychology and philosophy because you know, doing so really plants little seeds in your brain. And with time, the dots start to kind of connect when they are things that you feel that you can apply to your own life or that could help you better understand the universe. Because truly, there is just so much we do not know. I feel like every time I have things figured out, there's a new curveball that forces me to kind of expand my awareness Or to rethink my paradigms. And I think there is actually something really valuable in doing that from time to time. So now that we have a little bit of history, let's go ahead and talk about the theory itself. And I will do my best to answer all the amazing questions you have sent in. Now, the shadow is sometimes referred to as many different other names, like the lower self or the disowned self. Or the id in Freudian theory, the repressed self. And some people have also argued that this concept is in the Bible and it's referred to there as the dark twin. There's also a famous piece of literature that many people say illustrates the shadow, which is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where Dr. Jekyll is said to represent our respectable or conscious part of our personality. And when Mr. Hyde comes out, it's supposed to show his dark side or his shadow. And as good as Dr. Jekyll is, for the most part, the dark side of him really wreaks havoc in his life and is ultimately really destructive. Now, I think this is an extreme example, and if we were really trying to analyze this particular story, there's likely some kind of mental disorder at play, and it would be more than just a shadow self. So I think You know, the story kind of gives the the wrong idea in a way, but it does illustrate the fact that we all do have many sides to us. So what Carl Jung was really getting at when he proposed this concept was that we all have an unconscious part of ourselves that we like to keep in the dark because we don't want to admit that we have these feelings or these tendencies or these thoughts or these behaviors. We have been told or conditioned to believe that these parts of ourselves are unacceptable or unlovable or immoral or even evil as human beings whether we like it or not we have human instincts now society helps you know kind of keep these instincts in check by creating social norms rules about what we should or should not do but it does not mean that these tendencies or these these impulses or thoughts go away they go somewhere but they can't disappear. And the same goes with the personality traits that made our parents or teachers uncomfortable or even angry. So we learned that if we don't want to be criticized or punished, that we have to repress these things. And a lot of this is important for society to be able to to run smoothly. But a lot of it is also not. And a lot of it is our authentic selves being told it is not good enough or even that it's bad, that our emotions are not valid or that they should not be expressed. And we start to have a lot of negative experiences and a lot of negative emotions that have nowhere to go because we are told to be quiet about them. Or that we shouldn't even be having them at all. So they get stuffed down into the unconscious where our school teachers or our parents don't have to see them or deal with them, or, you know, where we can all pretend that these things never existed to begin with. But the problem is that all of these things eventually kind of ball together and become what Jung called our shadow self. And our shadow self is unconsciously affecting every single one of us every single day of our lives. And it might not be extreme in most cases, it's not going to be Mr. Hyde, but sometimes it can affect our lives in a huge and unexpected way because we are actively turning our back on a very real part of who we are, and we can only deny this part of us or these parts of us for so long. It's kind of like a toddler who feels ignored. At some point, they are going to start screaming and having a temper tantrum if we do not listen to them. And that's why it becomes so important. As much as we aren't proud of having one, that we acknowledge our shadow self and start to address all the aspects that created that shadow so that we can start to both heal it and integrate it in a way that allows us to accept and love ourselves even though we as humans will always be flawed and we will always be imperfect. Because the alternative is having this side of ourselves express itself at the worst possible moments, which which is exactly what happens so often. Now, we may explain it in another way, and also the shadow isn't always to blame for all the bad things or the regrettable things that we do, but certainly it can be the root of many of them because when there is suffering, we will often do pretty much anything for the suffering to go away. And in many cases, this means we feel we need to do things that are out of character, things that we aren't proud of, things that we really wish never happened. And when we snap like this, we get confused. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to us because our shadow isn't part of our self-concept. For the most part, we tend to acknowledge only the parts of ourselves that that we like, the parts that line up with who we want to be or that we think we should be. So when this shadow self comes up and we start to see our dark side, we don't really have words for it. We we might say oh, the devil got the best of me, or I was wrestling my demons, or I'm having a midlife crisis, because we see that our thoughts or our behavior just isn't in line with who we think we are, which makes perfect sense because this part of ourselves has been quarantined to the subconscious. So the choice becomes, face this dark part of ourselves and offer it, understanding and love and healing, or continue to shove it down and hope and pray that it doesn't come out in a moment that really matters. So one of the questions that was sent in was, does everyone have a shadow or does everyone have a dark side? So I have to answer that in terms of the actual theory. So if we're going with the actual theory, the answer is, Yes, we all have a shadow. We all have a dark side. We all suffer trauma in our life, big and small, and that leads to the creation of the shadow. We all do. So these unconscious aspects of our personality are often parts of ourselves that our ego intentionally hides from us, so we don't have to see it or acknowledge it. And Jung had a quote about this, which is, The shadow personifies everything that the subject refuses to acknowledge about himself. So it's like we try to show our best face to other people, but we are also trying to show what we think is our best face to our own selves, and a lot of the time It grows when we have the experience that are too painful to consciously deal with or are unresolved. The shadow becomes kind of like a bin where we just throw any parts of ourselves that we can't handle, any situations, anything that is too painful anything that is too embarrassing. So these parts of ourselves just kind of get buried without us healing them, or again, even acknowledging them, or and, you know acknowledging how bad they hurt us. Because it's also not just the experience, it's what we have decided that these experiences mean. We can interpret them as meaning we are disgraceful, and ugly, or stupid, or inferior, and all these feelings are so painful and so traumatic. But again, we take these feelings and we just throw them in the bin, and certainly they do not go away. They just live somewhere in the shadow until we are strong enough to face them, accept them, and ultimately release them. So how do we do this? How do we face our shadow? And why should we do that? If it's our dark side, shouldn't we kind of just leave it in the dark? Well, definitely not. Ignorance is not bliss, especially with something as serious as this. When we don't face our shadow, it will follow us wherever we go, and our conscious self will eventually become a slave to this side of ourselves because it gets more and more demanding. We can only repress negative feelings and situations for so long. Eventually, they have to be dealt with. Jung said that there is not one universal way to face our shadow. That is a process that has to be unique to the individual. And we are not saying that we should just do whatever our shadow wants, that we should act on these unconscious thoughts or desires. But rather, we want to acknowledge them, see where they came from, and what pain they represent. And the shadow is not necessarily entirely bad. It's just repressed. There could be incredible creative energy found there. We just have to be brave enough to explore this side of us. Many people call this integrating the shadow or doing shadow work. You may have heard this term if you read a lot of self-help books. So all this really means is that we are going to bring the hidden parts of ourselves into consciousness. And why should we do this? So we can have inner harmony and to have awareness of all that is going on inside of us and why it's going on inside of us. One of my other favorite quotes by Jung is that people will do anything, no matter how absurd, to avoid facing their own souls. And I think this is so true. But We can be stronger than that. And when we start to do this, it leads to greater integrity and recovery and deep, deep healing. It can give us a sense of self-acceptance, vitality, and freedom because we are no longer running from our own selves. We are not turtles running away from our shells. We are able to function fully and finally be able to be our true authentic selves. So when we are able to do this, we can find that huge transformation can take place. Anger can turn into strength, we can find compassion, we can become more empathetic, we can dissolve fear and gain an incredible amount of insight into ourselves and the world around us. We can experience much less grief and suffering, we can connect more deeply with other people, and we can shift our behavior patterns that no longer serve us. We can also find that we are better able to find true direction in our lives. We can also let go of shame and guilt, and we can finally understand what has been driving so much of our behavior, especially the behavior that we don't like, and so many of the fears that we have hung on to throughout so much of our life. When we face our shadow, we can finally heal and find self-acceptance. So this is why the theory is so transformative. And I can testify to the fact that facing our shadow, integrating our shadow, and healing these repressed parts of ourselves is so freeing. We aren't bad because we have a dark side. We are human beings. We go through lives that are you know, just filled with incredible suffering throughout the entire journey. And we hurt and then we're told that we can't express that hurt or that our instincts are bad or wrong or shameful. And we carry all this like a ball and chain throughout our life but we don't have to we can let go of the weight by examining it and being self-compassionate by offering ourselves the healing that should have taken place years ago but we have to be strong enough to do it and know there is no magical way to do this i know a lot of people claim to have magical solutions or books or courses But the truth is, Carl Jung said it himself. There is no magical way. There is no universal way. It all starts with introspection. And it is not a race. It is not, you know, something that has to be or even could be done overnight. If we're going to dig this deep, it's going to take time. And it may even take help. If there is a lot there, you may even want to seek the help of a therapist. But if you want to start this process, you want to... First, tell yourself that whatever comes up, it's okay. You are certainly not the only person that has these aspects of themselves, that has these thoughts or impulses or desires or emotions. You are merely a human. So let go of the shame when you start this process and tell yourself again that no matter what comes up, that you are still a good moral person person that deserves self-love and self-acceptance. Some of the ways that we can start to look at our shadow is through journaling or meditating, or if you have someone else in your life that is up for the journey, having long and deep discussions. Remember that the goal is wholeness, not perfection, to acknowledge these parts of ourselves that have been denied and repressed. And when we realize our shadow, it's really a source of renewal. And that's simply it, awareness. Another Jung quote that really sums it all up is, By not being aware of having a shadow, you declare a part of your personality to be non-existent. Then it enters the kingdom of the non-existent, which swells up and takes on enormous proportions. If you get rid of qualities you don't like by denying them, you become more and more unaware of what you are. You declare yourself more and more non-existent. And your devils will grow fatter and fatter. And if we think about it in life, we have to be here for ourselves. We have to show up for ourselves. We have to love and take care of ourselves, all the different parts of ourselves. And we all have had lives that have included Pain in them somewhere some some of us have had a lot of pain, and so these are things that we really can no longer deny. We need to offer these parts of ourselves love and acceptance and understanding because they came from somewhere. We did not voluntarily come into this world you know with all these negative emotions, they came from experiences, they came from conditioning, they came from a lot of different sources, but we have to really figure out where you know the roots of these things came from so that we can start to address them and we can you know really start to heal. So if you decide to embark on this journey just know that it is not always an easy process and it can really dig up a lot of this pain. But when we are courageous enough to do this, we can really, really transform our personality and our lives because we become so much more comfortable in our own skin. We become more self-reliant and we really start to heal these parts of ourselves that are still suffering. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Is the shadow a concept that makes sense to you? Did you find that you resonated with this? And is integrating the shadow something that intrigues you or something that you have decided is a process that you want to undertake? please let me know in the comments. And if you are interested in learning more about the shadow self or about Carl Jung, there are just tons of resources available on the internet, and Jung's own books are mind-blowing, so you might also want to consider going directly to the source. I really also hope that this gave you a better understanding of what the the shadow self actually is. I thank you so much for sending in these questions because this is something that I love talking about. And I just want to encourage you to keep sending in these questions. I love answering them. There is no question that is stupid or silly. Chances are if there is something that you have been thinking about, someone else has has these same concerns or thoughts as well. So please send them in. You can always reach me by email at nina.lavon at gmail.com and that is spelled N-E-N-A dot L-A-V-O-N-N-E at gmail. And you can also reach me on Twitter, and my Twitter handle is at Nina LaVon. I want to thank you so much for spending time with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope it was food for thought for you, and I greatly look forward to talking to you next time. Have an amazing day, guys. See you soon.